spoken word. A taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wawandri land in the Kulin Nation, stolen land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. In today's show we bring you a new live recording from the November edition of Radio Laria, a monthly spoken word gig held at Open Studio in Northcote to raise the voices of women and gender-diverse poets. Today, we hear the performances of Rhea Keeley and Miss Barwolf. Give them a massive round of applause. It's Rhea Keeley. Alright, so thank you for the introduction, Laura. Um, A bit of kind of personal context for these poems. So I was raised in a country town in New South Wales, um, at a Christian all-girls boarding school, and now I am no longer Christian or a girl. Both of those experiences are very important to my poetry. So I'll be reading some poems tonight that are about my experience being trans, about my experience with Christianity, about saints and old gods and intimate rituals. Um, All right, I'll start with a poem called Tulips. Most days I want more than I need and give myself less. Most days are not today. Today in the grocery store, tulips glowed in the corner. I took them home, their nodding heads still closed, an unfinished poem, sipped wine while I cut the stems. Tomorrow when I wake, they will still be sleeping in a vase on my bookshelf. The next day too, they may sleep, probably again a third. But sometime this week, amongst the mundane and inconsequential, I will wake and the tulips will wake with me, and I will see that sooty starburst at the heart of them. That day, I will know what I want and reach for it, nodding with the tulip heads that yes, life is painfully worth living, perhaps even loving. The next poem is one that I wrote a while ago, like quite a while ago, but it's just one of those poems that I think as a poet, every now and then you write a poem that really feels like it either artistically in terms of like technical poetry or emotionally in terms of the content of the poem, it feels like it did what it was meant to do. And those are the poems that become really important to you as a poet. And so this one is, I think at this point, four years old. um, And it's still one of my favorites. Um, So this is Sonnet for the Dead Bird on Your Doorstep. Like a petulant child, for weeks you had pushed the morning through my window with song. What can one do at such clear-voiced exuberance but smile drowsily, make coffee, sit amongst the dew and let you skip about me? In the early light everything is bright and fleeting, each ache of mine answered with trilling hymn, Light glanced off feathers as if shy, and you flirting with the air. There has never been any forgiveness in the glint of your eye, nor any need for it. 
You did not love me. Still, seeing your form stilted and wrong on the ground, I am sorry for forsaking the truth of your throat in favour of the song that poured from it. Your body feels like penance in my hands. Um, all right, for this next one, it's an acrastic poem. If anybody doesn't know what acrasis is, it's the process of writing a poem in response to another piece of art. So if anybody wants to know the context of this poem, take a second and Google the painting The Martyrdom of St. Sebastian by Guido Reni. We, we ready to go? A few people got it up? Yeah? All right, um, so this is acrasis for St. Sebastian. You make me blue, you beautiful boy. They so rarely allow you to be bloody. Your pain is ornamental. Your wounds merely a place for the penitent to rest their heads. Those arms raised overhead, tied tightly enough to keep you, but not so tight as to be unsightly. Did you raise your hands like that to dance once? made crop circles on the carpet of your friend's living room with a record player crooning in the corner. That cloth draped round your hips. Was there a night when it was a sheet wrapped round you by a lover? Was it summer? Did you sweat through the love? Blaspheme a little, blush under his hands? Did you wander those woods once? Did you climb that tree, bare your throat to the night and thank God for your breath? I want you to know that you are adored. I want to know that you got to be adored while you were still warm and free to feel it. Oh, blue and beautiful boy, I want to know you got to be a creature before we made you a saint. Um, and the context for that poem, so St. Sebastian as like a real historical figure was a, he's like a, a military man, a general, like a middle-aged army guy. Um, and he was sentenced to execution by being shot up full of arrows against a tree. He survived that, was nursed back to health, and then was like bludgeoned to death in a second execution. Um, and then there was this shift that happened in like the Renaissance era where the standards of beauty started to call back to the classical ancient Greek era of art again. And so instead of being like a buff middle-aged military guy, St. Sebastian in paintings and in art began to be depicted as like the slender youth of ancient Greek and Roman statues. Um, and that led into St. Sebastian being basically a homoerotic art icon, hence this little poem in which I imagine him as being, being a lover. Um, all right, this is Unbecoming with the subtitle a poem about God and boys and androgynous masculinity. Listen, I know I have always called my bones knives and my hands unforgiving. I know I have always wanted to be an ant bite, a whip crack, but the truth is I just wanted to be sharp to be safe. You move like a switchblade and I have always liked to bleed, always wanted to kiss like a child of Cain, bloody and trying to repent. I admit, I learnt to flinch early. Sparrow child in love with treetops and skinned knees and something to believe in. Tried God, girls, good soil, sharp knives and sharp lines. 
landed on my own rib cage in a pair of Levi 501s. All I know is my want to be wanted, for clumsy hands and prayers going nowhere but my throat, me on my knees taking penance for unbecoming. I would like to come undone under you, share a joint and reminisce the boyhood I never had. Would you fumble with my belt buckle if I were a girl? Say my name like an addict, like a repenting sinner? Would you kiss me, softer, rough me up like you do? Believe I can take it? Ask me to take it? In contrast, um, his poem about girls, but <laughs> um, the specific, you know, as, as like a transmasculine person, I have a very complicated relationship with girlhood where I think girlhood is one of the most sacred, holy experiences somebody that can have, but it's a very specific section of girlhood outside of the harm that other people can do to you, outside of the repression. There's this section of girlhood which is just so free and just completely free of repression and so joyous um, that you can only participate in with other teenage girls. Um, and as a queer kid at the time, a queer girl, the experience of having like a huge, huge undiscovered crush on your best friend and having an incredibly <laughs> intense relationship um, is something that a lot of queer girls experience. Um, and so that's what this poem comes out of. It's like a metaphorical expression of the absolute intensity of friendship that comes between two queer girls who are teenagers who feel like nobody else except each other gets them, but also nobody at all could ever get them. Um, it's very angsty, very teen, very femme. Um, and it's called Hunger. There is a forest and there are girls. Correction. Creatures girl-shaped and hungry. Hollow hungry, like the fox we found rotting in the bramble. She took it home and made a cathedral of its ribcage, adorned it in honeysuckle and citron and sage. How I wanted to hollow myself out, draw her worship to the steeple of my chest. There are girls and there is something lashing between them like pink lightning. Girls who eat their words to fill their bellies spit them back out just for the feeling of swallowing them again. Girls who break each bone in their bodies just to prove they exist. Girl who break my bones if I begged her to. Girl who speaks in tongues I don't understand but want to feel against my own. Girl I just want inhabiting my heart, hearth, hands, hips. Spectre of a girl, violence of a girl, I'd pull every tooth from my gums to make room for you in my mouth. Let me be filled with light. Let me be dawn-colored and singing. Let me be the rosiest collection of bones on your windowsill. Mm. All right, so this is Dionysus Sings a Lullaby. My sweet, let the red wash over you. Lay your head in my lap. I'll drop wine onto those lovely lips. Above us, the jasmine winding around us like smoke. Above us, the stars, 
those old gods, small as gnats. They know nothing of you. They don't know this warmth, the way our blood slows to the same beat when your spine touches my ribs. Just as I can sing you into a frenzy, dropping promises like cherries into your mouth. My sweet, I am a feral thing, animal-hearted and god-skinned. For you, I am the pelt to curl up on when the evening chill brushes your arms. For you, I call the wolves with their syrupy teeth to bed. For you, I call the drummers off. For you, for you, I am quiet. To celebrate International Transgender Awareness Week, 13th to 19th of November, the Trans Pride March Melbourne is on Sunday 13th of November. Trans Pride March Melbourne highlights trans visibility like never before by uplifting voices in our community and continuously passing the mic. Attend the march Sunday 13th of November at 11.30am outside Victorian State Library, Swanston Street, CBD. And for those who can't make it along, 3CR will be broadcasting live from the march from 12 to 4pm. Your favourite Sunday Arvo queer programmers will bring you interviews, speeches and all the action live from the march. Tune into 3CR Digital, stream online at 3cr.org.au or dial into 855am for Trans Pride March Melbourne, Sunday 13th November. Join us for the 2022 edition of The Change, Definitions of Freedom, Interactive Theatre, 7 to 9pm on the 16th of December at the Honda Showrooms, Hoddle Street. We're also having an exhibition and preview from 5pm Thursday 24th of November at The Store, Abbotsford Convent. Find out more on Facebook at The Change Definitions of Freedom. The Change is presented by United Struggle Project, a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. You are listening to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855am or streaming from 3cr.org.au. We're playing a live recording today of Radio Laria, a monthly spoken word gig held at the Open Studio in Northcote. We just heard from Rhea Keeley, and now in part two, this is Miss Barwolf. Hi, Um, I'm going to be reading from Carapace um, and I'm also going to be playing some music. I'm pretty obsessed with hauntings, uh, particularly hauntings in houses and by that I don't mean, I I literally mean the hauntings that happen between relationships of real people. Um, So Carapace is actually a book of hauntings. I don't know, no one's actually realised in any of the reviews yet, but each poem is a song. It's either Kate Bush or Leonard Cohen or there's like Nick Cave songs. So when you listen to the song and you read the poetry, it's the time and place and uh, hauntings and it's about the dive. The reason it's called Carapace is it's the shell that protects us and it's looking for home as well, like what is home? So we're going to play two songs. One song was written in Brisbane 
when we were living in um, a ship, literally, and like a boat. And they relate to this poetry because they're about houses and about othering and being othered and trying to connect and about the scene now, you know, it's, it's like lots of drugs and sex and all the good things in life. But, you know, it was just like navigating that. And Nick, would you like to come up and... We haven't played since 1922, so it'll be interesting. About 100 years ago. 100 years ago. Yeah. This song, first one's called Birthing the Clouds. Darling, I know you don't want to lay your bones 
love again And those heavy people With their angular faces They haven't got the time to give you They haven't got the spaces free We like the dark, we like the dark We shine a light from behind our eyes We like to be surprised in the forest You've been tripping on the streets You've got your head in the clouds Bells on your feet to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. Give it up for me. Thank you. Thanks for that indulgence. Um, so I'm going to read Chapter House. It was 11 o'clock that night when Mr, plagued by tuberculosis, left the inhabitants of the castle behind in this house. I dream of a dark ocean flooding this whole city. Perhaps not so far back in my mammalian ancestry, between plagues and wars, a holiday was interrupted by a sudden flooding in this house. I continually dream of a charging sky that gallops towards us in every place where I have cried. I've finally seen through a time-lapse camera 
but I'll wait almost 10 years to distinguish you as a point in space, to reach out with an immemorial urge. In this house, I hear the regular yawns of a boy in the adjoining room. We were having sex, but we can no longer stand the sight of each other. But both of us are kind of trapped because we've done too much acid together and don't have any money to move out. In this house on the floor, around my bed, are at least a hundred books all open to various pages. The only window in my room has tender arms that pull the threads of my cigarette towards the bandages of moonlight. Jetevu yeah. House. The house stretched like a big turd from a gigantic brick beetle and was 9,351 kilometers from Tibet. You were really into Buddhism. So much so you ate dal and planned to travel back to Tibet. One end of the house was where your mother lived and you were at the other. You worked for the city and had just broken up with your girlfriend. Her name was a ribbon-like body of water, but it may have well been ravine. We swallowed the dust together from Mongolian riders and the shape of your dick close up made me think of those same riders trampled underfoot in a marble frieze. I travelled far back into the past with the shaft of your dick in my mouth, a puppet master pivoting before your petite mort, adopting an expression of horror as our borrowed bodies laboured in our separate solitudes. In the night, a ribbon-like body of water called you and I realised from the tone that there was now a ravine between us. I zipped myself up as you lied to my face, 4am in the middle of town where you told me it all ends. You had claimed so much land already with your adventuring that I felt devastated for Tibet even more so. I imagined a giant but kind dung beetle coming to roll me up. I thought about your colony of settlers, civilizations dying on the bedsheets, horsemen underfoot wanting a quick death, the pockets of Tibetan green obsidian visible in my mouth and the Yalong Zambu River between my legs. Memories of Greenhouse. I fall through the egg and find myself lying in sand. There is some glint of mutual recognition between myself and the people I pass by on my way to the tall white house sinking into the river. But it's not enough recognition on my part for me to feel at ease in further friendly inquiries into their health. But they look expectantly at me and with perplexed features I disappoint them. I am not near the house, and as I keep walking along the sandy path, bristling with reeds, it doesn't seem to get closer. I am a sonambulist who is sensitive and desperate to make it to the house. But I don't know why. In the middle of the road, I see a glass coffin covered in sand. Or is it an upside-down, human-sized fish tank? 
The glass is murky. It's a murky vellum. A woman who knows me greets me unexpectedly at the door. She beckons me inside and we sit at a table with a plate of fingers, all brown, slightly crooked, and I recognise them as my own. I look down at my hands and see the photographs of my fingers are there instead. In the middle of the table is an egg, the size of a human head, from which old gramophone music seems to be issuing from. I lean in. Thank you. We've been playing a live recording of Miss Bowulf and Rhea Keeley from the November 2nd edition of Radio Laria at Open Studio in Northcote. For more information on the regular Radio Laria gig, go to www.radiolaria, that's L-A-R-I-A, poetry.com. A podcast of this show is also available at 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. Don't forget the dash. And there we'll put some more information on the artists we've featured today. My name is Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening.